0: Welcome back to the end time podcast. In this episode, we want to answer what has been a very controversial question around religion ever since the promise of the Holy Spirit was made. And we want to talk about what is the Holy Ghost? What is the Holy Spirit? Because Jesus would say in John chapter 3, He would say, that verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And again, he would say, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. But how can you be born again unless you know what the Holy Ghost is?
1: Sure, good to be here again for another episode, brothers, and sure so good to have Brother John with us and Brother Tito, and Brother Andrew and uh as Andrew was introduced and we want to talk about what is the Holy Ghost um in this episode and sure it's um it's an interesting topic, the Holy Ghost. It's, um I think it's the it's one of the main things as a Christian, you press and toes. You know, you come to know Christ and all that, but what you press pressing toes, the final goal, the final aim, where you want to get to. It's actually the filling of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And so in this episode as we talk about what is the Holy Ghost, I I just wondered brothers if we could start by, you know, talking about it to say, you know, it is a promise. The Holy Ghost is is a promise. It's been given. God has promised before he left the year to say, oh, I am gonna send you a comforter. That's why I'm leaving. I'm not gonna leave you alone. I'm gonna send a comforter. I'm gonna send someone that is gonna come and he's gonna lead you. There, boy, there, and he's going to be with you always, forever. So what is the promise that Jesus gives before he leaves?
0: Yeah, it's it's something that really, I I believe, could use a lot more word-based teaching, word-based preaching on the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost is essential, and it is a promise. It's something that Jesus specifically said. Like you said, Brother Max, I'll send you a comforter. And when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he would make statements like this that would seem like he's talking about another, but he really wasn't talking about another. And we'll get into that. But also, he makes the promise, but then he tells them, you must go and tarry, go and wait in Jerusalem, go wait in the upper room, go wait in in a certain place. And he sent them there and he ascended up into heaven. He didn't go with them. He wasn't there. He just told them to go wait. They didn't have a clue what they were waiting for. Okay. Peter, James, John, Matthew, all these different ones, 120 of them gathered in the upper room, not
2: really knowing what to expect. But when it came, they knew they got what they were there for. Acts chapter two, verse one would say, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Absolutely. And it's, I'm
0: sure you, there was people in that day that wanted to scientifically disprove the rushing mighty wind, the tongues of fire, that people that weren't there
2: the tongues that were spoken
0: yeah that they, they the wanted story. to say that well you know something happened there was you know maybe a tornado or maybe there was this or maybe there was that or something happened you spend Where 10 t- days in a room and you'll fire think something yeah happened. you know what i mean what, what were you guys doing up in that room but the evidence spoke for itself yes okay when they walked out of that room the change was evident It would record in the book of acts if you read it where they would take note these ones have been with jesus they didn't know what the holy ghost was when these men were walking around and they were doing the works of jesus christ they didn't realize it was the holy spirit in them that had changed them but they took notice that's
2: just like jesus did the next chapter acts chapter 3 peter and john went up to the temple at the hour of prayer and there was a man that had been lame from his mother's womb and I'm just paraphrasing the story a little bit. They laid him daily at the gate of the temple called Beautiful. They see Peter, he sees Peter and John and the short version of the story is what Jesus had done which when he would see a crippled man and the man had faith Jesus could heal him and now Peter and John were doing the same thing and so the Pharisees they had a they had a problem with Jesus and now their problem had went by 12-fold and then by 3,000-fold because there was people that were receiving the same spirit that was on Jesus, and the evidence was undeniable. There was a walking man.
3: Yeah, before uh, before that, when uh, when Jesus gave them the promise, they said in Acts uh, chapter one verse eight it says, um, "But you shall receive power." So when they came out from that room, there was something in them that was different. When they spoke the word, that word came with power from them. That was the power that they were promised to receive to go and heal the sick. Preach the gospel and uh be witness to the whole world. Yeah. Because Jesus said in John chapter 14, he said, Verily,
0: I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall you do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. So they couldn't do this on their own. When Jesus was here, the disciples were going out two by two, and they were they were laying their hands on the sick, and they were recovered, and there was great things happening the disciples were already out doing some of the work but jesus said greater works than these shall you do and when jesus was on earth personally there was some that came and just wanted to touch the hem of his garment just to touch him his garment to be healed and he said greater works then when peter got the holy ghost they just wanted to get in his shadow they didn't even have to touch him they had faith just just let his shadow pass over me furthermore jesus had touched many people and and here he never laid hands on someone and they received the Holy Ghost, but he gave power to his disciples to say, when you go and you lay hands and you pray, they will also receive the Holy Ghost. Now that that's a that's a phenomenal promise. He says, greater works than these shall you do. See, my my point is, is when they went out from the upper room, you could debate and you could argue all the scientific fact, but one thing you couldn't. They went into that upper room, an ignorant fisherman a tax collector hated by the people, um, other ones that were called of different backstories that had different things that were not good, but they came out of the upper room speaking in tongues, healing the sick, living the life of Christ, doing the works of Jesus, spreading the gospel all over the known world. And furthermore, they could not die until God was done with them. That's the promise of the Holy Ghost. When when Until God's done using you, no one can take you. And I can prove that because they took John... Out on the Isle of Patmos, they boiled him in oil, and all it did was produce the book of Revelations. But that's the promise, and that's the power of the promise.
1: You know, if Jesus makes a promise, it is sure going to come to pass. Mm-hmm. If he told him, you know, and I think somewhere in the book of John, actually, I actually think John chapter 21, he will actually, at a certain point, I think in the evening when you come in, um, he will breathe on them and he'll say to them, receive ye the Holy Ghost. Sometimes this is misconceived that people say, that in that very moment they received the Holy Ghost, but that was a promise that God gave them to say, mm-hmm. you know, receive ye the Holy Ghost. That means it is something that is going to happen, and so yeah, it is Cause true. Cause it's
0: amazing the Holy Ghost couldn't come till Jesus went. Exactly. Why is that? Probably because it's not a different person. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God two. was not going to split himself in two. No,
1: no ways at all.
0: <laughs> or
2: three.
1: Or three. <laughs> And have two people on the scene at the same time. I mean, you can take it all the way back in the Old Testament. How yeah. God always have a major prophet, right? Yeah. And, you know, you never have two major prophets on the scene at the same time. So. Even
2: John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. Yeah. But he said, Jesus must increase and I yeah. must decrease. So as one was rising, one had to go down. Yeah. So that the focus was in the right place.
0: Because the promise of it is, as we talked about the Godhead, all that was in God he poured into Christ. And all that was in Christ, he poured into his his body, the church. And all it was in Christ, so it's like an ocean. God was that ocean, and he poured it all into Christ, and that was the whole ocean. But now as the Holy Spirit went out, starting out with 120, and that same day, 3,000 were added to the church. So now you got 3,120. And all, all at once, that the Holy Spirit is, I'll say, divided between. Not one of them had the whole ocean. But yet they all had, in the maybe they just had a tablespoon or a teaspoon of that ocean. It has the same chemicals as the rest of that ocean. It's the same Holy Ghost. It's the same as a part of God. It's Jesus Christ himself living in the individual. That's why they could take notice and say, these ones have been with Jesus. Because it was Jesus in them doing the work. But it wasn't just for the disciples. Because Peter got up and said on the day of Pentecost, a sermon I was trying to get Max to talk about, <laughs> where, where where Peter talks about and says to repent and be baptized and we've talked about all these things but he says this and the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off even as many as the Lord our God shall call and i can tell you today god's still calling
1: yeah i wonder if we can just look back in the old testament for a moment in bringing in um the holy ghost and starting from abraham Because we know that in the Old Testament, covenant was given to Abraham. And when a covenant was given to him, a sign was given to him, it was a sign of circumcision. And I just wonder if you could type that in now with the the Holy Ghost and to bring in, how does the Gentiles receive the Holy Ghost? Because if we look, you you may look and say, well, they were all Jews in the upper room. So how did the Gentiles get in? how does it happen they were circumcised we the Gentiles, are not so how, how is that
0: absolutely that's a, that's a fantastic point because it it does bear going back to the old testament because the holy ghost couldn't be given to birth someone as jesus said except a man be born again until after jesus had died on the cross which jesus dying there was the atonement for our sin so that we could receive a new spirit so that we could receive his spirit that's the only way the holy spirit could come but yet God had already given a type of it back in the Old Testament. Because he gave Abraham, like he said, the promise, the covenant. Say, I'll multiply your seed and I'll I'll make thee a father of many nations, and your seed will be as a sand, and your seed will be as the stars in heaven. And and it was a wonderful promise, but you know, a promise, I'll say a promise without a token doesn't bear a lot of weight. But God makes sure his promises bear a lot of weight. He makes sure that he's able to back them up and he gives you the ability ability to be sure. And as he did with Abraham, where he told him, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you a sign. And it was interesting because he gave, it was a male sign that only the, only the males were circumcised, not the females, that they were circumcised, that they, uh, the Bible specifically says every male at eight days old was to be circumcised. And, uh, that was a sign of of the promise, a sign of the covenant. It was given to show that they were a part of it, but yet it was private. It wasn't, you know, cut off the tip of your nose where everyone could see it it wasn't take off your pinky finger where everyone could see it it was something that was between you and god and that was that was how god brought in the sign to say, it, it, it's it's cutting off the excess flesh, the unneeded part. Something that you don't need, we're going to get rid of it. The things that I didn't intend, we're going to get rid of it. We're going to lay it down, we're going to circumcise it. And that's the type of the Holy Ghost, which is interesting because that's exactly what the Holy Ghost does. You know, when you're born again and you get the Holy Spirit within you, all the things that you don't need to serve God, it just drops away.
1: I think you can look at even a Peter, right? Mm-hmm. You look at Peter, here he is as a coward, denying Jesus, saying, I don't know this man. And the Bible even says that he curses when the little girl say you were one of the disciples. But now Peter goes in the upper room and they receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And here is the man who was denying Jesus. He's now a, and he's the man, the spoke man actually preaching the gospel and telling the people, this is the way to receive what I have got. And he's not ashamed. You know, so as you were saying, you know, the, the things that you know needed I cut off. He didn't need the cowardness with the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. And the moment he received it, that was gone. How did it go? We don't know, but it was gone.
0: <laughs> yeah, he was even called before the Sanhedrin Council yeah. and, you know, put in prison. Right? he so, said, you, know, you, you guys do what you got to do, but I'm not going to deny Christ. I, I can't turn away from it. I'm going to keep preaching wherever I go about the Lord Jesus Christ. What changed? It was the Holy Ghost.
3: You, you'll give your life to it when you have it. Yeah, I believe that uh, when a person or a or a believer or a Christian will say receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, he will be a new a new person. Yeah, a new. The Bible says a new creature. So all all wrong, it will be clean. Yeah, absolutely, all wrong will be made right. And
0: uh, Paul would say in Galatians chapter three, he would say, "Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made, and he saith not to seeds." As of many, but as to one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. See, the promises were made to Abraham's seed, singular. So if it was without Christ, all the promises that are in the Bible they don't have any weight. The promises were made to the seed, singular, of Abraham. But then he goes on in verse twenty-eight. If you jump from verse uh, sixteen all the way down to verse twenty-eight of the same chapter, Galatians chapter three, he says. There is neither Jew nor Greek. In other words, there's not Jew or Gentile. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you're all one in Christ Jesus. In other words, when you're in Christ, there is no discrimination. That's a great message for today. (laughs) When you're in Christ, there is no racism. There is no discrimination, there is no anything, because it makes us all one in Christ. The key there is, it makes us all one in Christ. And if you be Christ, he says in the very next verse, then you are Abraham's seed, singular, and heirs according to the promise. So there has to be, you have to be in Christ. The promises that were made, the major promise, that's why it's so majored on, you must be born again. The promises hinge on that. The promise of the resurrection, the promise of the rapture, the promise of all of these things. on that thought, you must be born again, because you cannot see. Which that word, is, as as Jesus would say, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. That word means to understand. You cannot understand the kingdom of heaven, because the scripture would say that the scripture would say that knowing this first, that no prophecy is of of the scriptures, a private interpretation. For the prophecy came not of old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. It was the Holy Ghost that moved on the hearts of men that gave them utterance to speak, to prophesy to write the scriptures. In Second Timothy, it would talk about how that all scriptures given by inspiration of God. In John chapter 16, Jesus would write and say, or speak and say, how be it when he, the spirit of truth is come, which is the Holy Ghost, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear that shall he speak and he will show you things to come. So therefore the Holy Spirit is the spirit in which every scripture is written. It's the spirit that wrote every scripture And it's the only spirit that can reveal the meaning of every scripture. It cannot deny the word. It will not go against the word. And everything else falls away. But let me just say this. As much as when the Holy Spirit comes into the individual and everything, every desire contrary to the word of God falls off, there is a time lapse. Because we today, in our age of extremely fast Wi-Fi, 5G networks, Everything has got to be now. Now, 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 right? We want everything to happen as quick as possible. And it can happen that way with God, or it can be a process of time. We brought out in a previous episode how the children of Israel, they were justified when they were called out. And it was the Holy Ghost that was leading them out of the promised land. And it was, the, it was in the pillar of fire. That was the same Holy Spirit that was God veiled in a, in a pillar of fire. It was that same pillar of fire, the Holy Ghost that led them across the Red Sea. It was the same one that put them in sanctification for 40 years, wandering around in the wilderness. It was all a work of the same Holy Spirit. But yet when they finally crossed over to the promised land, which is a type of receiving the new birth. That's the type, just like we talk about the circumcision is the type. Justification has a type. All the things in the New Testament are all typed out in the Old Testament. But when they finally crossed over into that, it was the same Holy Spirit that led them across. But when they got over there, it was no longer a cloud leading them and a pillar of fire leading them up above that was great and big and visible, now it became personal. It went right down into the Shekinah glory, into the holiest of holies in the tabernacle, which is exactly the way it is today. When you're justified, it's a most wonderful feeling and it's great and it's awesome and it's it's a work of the Holy Spirit and it's, aw- and it's, it's a visible thing that you can be so euphoric over when you're sanctified there's things that begin to drop away and it becomes very visible that some people begin to notice that he doesn't do that anymore and you know the things he used to wear he doesn't wear anymore the things she used to wear she doesn't wear anymore the haircut she used to have she doesn't have the the different things that were not of god begin to drop away that's very visible but now when the holy spirit comes in and gives you a new birth it's very personal it can be very emotional it can be very um wonderful it could be very loud but it's personal just like the circumcision in the old testament it was personal it's between you and god no one can tell you you're not born again if you're born again but that new birth will never deny the word
3: so you were talking about um when the holy spirit sanctify you right so we said um so he cleans you so that vessel when when the holy spirit cleaned that vessel so now he he has a space that he needs to fill that vessel so uh that vessel will be uh, ready to use now. But to use the vessel has to be filled with, with something. If we talk about a promise, so there is so many promises in the Bible that we can receive when we receive the Holy Ghost. So let's say if God sanctified me, cleanse me, there's a promise that He will fill me with His love. So if we if we see Galatians 5.20, it talks about the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So... When that vessel is clean, so there is something that we had to come in, we have mm-hmm. to be filled with. And then this says that the, He will fill you with love. He will fill you with joy, with peace, with long-suffering. All those things that are is written in, in Galatians 5.20 21. When we see the change in our lives, when we receive all those things. Absolutely, because sanctification is really the cleansing of your spirit and, and
0: making your spirit mm-hmm. new so that it can receive the Holy Spirit.
1: I think a very good scripture for that is in um, Ezekiel, I think, Ezekiel 36.
2: Ezekiel 36, verse 25 says, Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols. Will I cleanse you? A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I'll stop for to say... That's that sanctification process where God is giving you a new spirit that now you can get along with yourself and you can get along with your brother and your sister. You can go to church and, you know, our church building would be full of people that would hate each other and not get along with each other. But now there's a, now there's a, (laughs) hopefully not hate each other, hopefully, (laughs) but, you know, we're human. But now when we've got that Christian spirit, that, 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 that new spirit that will come and cleanse us and we begin to get along with ourselves and get along with our brothers, that's good but that's not all the way because then the verse it says in verse 26 I'll read it again a new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you and I'll take the stony heart out of your flesh and I'll give you a heart of flesh and then it says in verse 27 and I will put my spirit so another part to the process now this is the Holy Spirit verse 27 and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk cause you to walk it will be a, something that will live out. It's not forced in a sense, but it, it, it is because it's a life. And, and, and a life, what's in the seed, has to bring forth. If you have the nature of a, of a squirrel, you'll be like a squirrel. If you have the nature of a, of a cat, you'll be like a cat. If you have the nature of a human, you'll be like a human. If you have the nature of a, of a good human, you'll be like a good human. You will be one. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them and you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers and you shall be my people and I will be your God that sounds a lot like Abraham and the seed of Abraham
3: I want you to
0: imagine your your life as you're listening to this like a glass out in the middle of the yard and it's the Holy Spirit that comes and picks you up all dirty and filthy and justifies that you are a glass no matter how dirty you are Then he brings you to the sink and he begins to clean you, sprinkle clean water on you, and he sets you aside for service. The Holy Ghost is doing that, to clean you and sanctify you and set you aside for service. But now he desires to fill you with his own spirit. And as a glass is filled, when someone begins to tip it and drink from it, it can't help but yield up what's within it. Thank you so much for listening today to the end time podcast. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to contact us at etpodcast at etmtab.com. Or follow us on Instagram at end time podcast.